0: Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Zimmel, as we go through another week of fun T.C. Horn Frog content. All right. Women's basketball did something I did not think they were going to be able to do, and that's field the team. So we'll talk about that. Of course, we have to talk about men's basketball. I will give you a little couple of news and notes for football and baseball as we get closer and closer to March. We get closer and closer to the start of the baseball season. We'll talk that, about that and, of course, everything else. But first, I want to say two things. First... If you noticed, we've changed our recording schedule. We went from recording on Mondays to now recording on Wednesdays. So we can react to the midweek game. We can give you a preview of what's to come the weekend. It just makes life a little bit easier. So we're going to do this from here on out. We're going to do midweek recordings up until the Big 12, probably basketball tournament we might shake things up a little bit then of course we might shake things up a little bit for baseball as well but right now the way we're going to do this is expect podcasts coming out on thursday as we record on wednesday afternoons and uh, to prepare you for your weekends second thing and of course you know where i'm going with this please subscribe rate and review the podcast wherever you get your hypno toad content whether that be on apple podcast stitcher spotify wherever you listen to us Please help grow the brand. We did a really good year last year in 2023. 2022 was an incredible year as well. Make sure you are subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. You help build the brand. You help us climb those pesky podcast charts. That is the way you can help us out. It's not my podcast. It's not your podcast. It's our podcast. Help us build a community please subscribe, rate, and review. And on an Apple Podcast, screenshot your review, and you can send it to the boss, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com to win a free Heartland College Sports koozie. All right, let's talk about the women's basketball team. If you're late to the party, last week we were talking about how the women's basketball team was a little bit of a predicament, a little bit of a pickle, and that was the fact they did not have enough Players. That's right. For the first time in my memory, I cannot remember another Division I basketball program suffering the way that TC Women's Basketball suffered last week. Coming off the heels of not one, not two, not three, but four consecutive losses as we get ready and get into conference play. After starting the season 14 0, women's basketball dropped games to Baylor, Oklahoma State, number 10, Texas, and of course, Houston. And then last week, the real kick in the teeth was the fact that they didn't have enough players to field a team. Jane Owens goes out with an injury. She's done for the season. Sedora Prince, she's still on the IR. Uh, There's just a litany of injuries for this Mark Campbell team, a team that had so much uh, hype, a lot of expectations. We told you before the season that I wasn't super impressed with a non-conference schedule, but the way that they came out and competed to begin the year winning 14 straight games, having one of their hottest starts in program history, there was a lot of, I think, expectations as Big 12 conference play came. But with big expectations, of course, comes uh, larger hurdles to uh, overcome, and injuries, the injury bug has been very, very uh, tough on the women's basketball program this year. So how do you bounce back from that? Well, you got to find a way to fill the team because you couldn't go two weeks without playing games. Otherwise, you fall too far back in the standings. And there's no way you're going to be able to bounce back. So what did Mark Campbell and the women's program do? Well, they did what only they can do and go inside the building. Now, I'd heard rumors from friends who cover Big 12 basketball that there was conversations in the program. And again, these are just rumors that I've heard. I cannot confirm any of these reports but these are the conversations that i was that i heard were happening around the athletic department do you go and take walk-ons or do you go and ask for some of maybe the two sport athletes from the high school level that now play division 1 sports at TCU do you try, try to go get some of them and that's exactly what they did the TCU volleyball program this season not exactly something that we would write home about. It was a good season, not a great season by any means. But thankfully, they have enough height and enough talent, enough background in basketball that you can go and you can dip in and you can bring some of these uh, players with you right so the number one player that people were talking about was uh, Sarah Sylvester who competed as a middle blocker for TCU women's volleyball this season then they added three walkouts Piper Davis Ella Hamlin and Micaiah Moore who all were brought on the team so Sylvester, big contributor this season, played 119 sets, 138 blocks, 6'3 middle blocker. Uh, She's a Big 12 defensive player of the week, two-year letter winner with volleyball. She became the first student-athlete in Big 12 era to play varsity volleyball, and now, of course, varsity basketball. She played basketball in high school. She was a two-time All-Catholic High School League upperclassman. Now, this is where things get interesting. Here are the two walk-ons, and this is the one that I really wanted to point out here, because more. She played high level basketball uh, at the high school level. She was named to the state, she was the state champion MVP and was chosen as a state champion all tournament team following Brownsboro's title triumph. More tallied over a thousand career points in a four year varsity run. Uh, it's good that we have so many athletes on campus. And this is what I was talking about, right? That they were able to not only bring on athletes that are You know, have a two sport background from the high school level. You can bring those players and have them play, but having walk ons and having a bench to help you. Now, what's interesting is you go and you look at the box score from that UCF game, uh, and I don't think any of the players played, right? It was, you had eight people dress out, but still. A win is a win is a win, which is the most important thing. Now, correct, Sarah Sylvester, she did play. She played a total of one whopping minute, went 0-1 from the field. But you look at the way that this team was able to bounce back after having a week off, after not playing games last week due to injury, and you think to yourself, when we get these players back, when we get Sidor Prince back... It makes me feel a little bit better. Now, granted, they beat they beat UCF 66-60 to on a Tuesday night. Not exactly a team that you're writing home about. Not exactly a team that you are fearing by any means. But the fact that they were able to get the win running essentially an 8-person rotation uh, is huge. In fact, if you go and you look at that box score, which again, I'm not a big proponent of box score watching, but Aliyah uh, Robinson... She played 38 minutes, 38 of a possible 40 minutes uh, in that game. 8 of 10, finished with 17 points. There is a part of me that could look at a silver lining here. If you're an optimistic person, if you're somebody who is always trying to look for a silver lining in these type of situations... You are getting to see a lot of tape on players who might not be playing in roles where they have the ball in their hands. You're getting to see them in positions and see them in situations that they might not necessarily be in if this team is fully healthy. Now, with that being said, you look at the, four walk-ons, or the three walk-ons in the addition of uh, Sylvester. You look at where this team potentially was... A month ago, when we talk about expectations and where they are now, with the injuries and the and the essentially the collapse, this is the first one they've had in almost two weeks. Where do we readjust these expectations? Well, this weekend is going to tell us a lot. They go to Lubbock. They play Texas Tech. Uh, That game is going to be a tough one. Needless to say, right? That's not a that's not me telling you anything you don't already know. Texas State, Texas Tech basketball program historically has been uh, excellent, and this season I'm trying to get their box uh, their their record up for you right now. Uh, this season they have been as good as advertised as well. Now, women's basketball when we talk about Big Twelve conference basketball is not to the same level as the men's side, whereas the men's is the best conference in basketball. Texas Tech. This season, three and four in conference, but 14 and six overall CC women's basketball, of course, 15 and four, but has dropped to two and six in conference play. They beat UCF who has not won a conference game this season. This is a good b- basketball conference going to Lubbock will be a real test. if the women's basketball program now again. Things might change between now and tip off on Saturday at 2 p.m. Things might change. Games on ESPN Plus if you're trying to watch it. Uh, there will there's a potential that there will be um, an additional players. There's a, there's a potential here that you you could have um, more play, like players coming back. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't heard that yet. They go to Lubbock to take on Tech this weekend. Then they go. Home and they play Kansas, who's two and five. So, you know, maybe you split the next two games and then you go and you look at uh, go to uh, Norman to take on Oklahoma. They are five and one in conference this year, they are not ranked. However, there are four ranked teams in the Big 12 on the women's side of things. Kansas State is number four, Texas is 10, Baylor's 13, and West Virginia is 24. So, will women's basketball get back into the top 25? Uh, might be wishful thinking, Horn Frog fans. I don't expect them to rally back and, and string off a bunch of wins, but the hope is get everybody healthy. February, tough time to win games. If you can win some games, you play Texas. Uh. The first, Feb- the first week of February, the first week of you play Texas, you play WVU, you play Texas Tech again, you go to uh, Morgantown the first weekend in March, the Big 12 tournament, of course, March 7th through the 12th. Look, I- I'm not telling you that you're going to be a top four seed here, but if you can find a way to get everybody healthy, you can make a little bit of a run. WNIT feels like the ceiling for this team, which is disappointing. But when you consider that they won single digit games last year, uh, Mark Campbell still very much needs to be in the conversation for Coach of the Year, especially when you consider the injuries that have plagued this team in the past month. Let's move on. Let's talk men's basketball. So, big win. This past week against Oklahoma State, 74-69. That snapped a two-game losing streak that the men's team was on. They go and they take on Baylor in Waco this Saturday. Baylor number 15 in the country, 3-2 in conference, 14-4 overall. The men's team consistently surprises me. Now, they dropped out of the top 25 this past week after that loss last week. Can they get back in there? Yes. The way you get back in there is you win this weekend against Baylor. Now, again, the men's side of things, not exactly a walk of the park. You go to Waco, then you have to host number one team in the conference, Texas Tech. They're number 20 in the country right now, so another top 25 team that TCU is going to have to be facing off against. And then, first week of February, whiteout game, Texas at home. Texas 3-3 and on the season, 14-5. and they of course got a lot of uh, heat this past week due to uh, the horns down controversy. Would it be a college season? Would it be a college basketball season, a football season, a baseball season, a swim season? If TCU or, not correction, if Texas didn't find a way to cry about horns down, right? It's just the craziest thing to me. I have horn for or I have a horn, UT fans, I have UT fans in my life who are not crybabies about this. They, they are not the type of people who, if you throw horns down at a uh, college football bowl game party, who are freaking out. right? We watched Washington and Texas. You throw horns down, they're not the type of people who are going to be crying a river about it. But for some reason, coaches, players, I don't get it. I, I Maybe it's because I didn't go there. I don't get why they are so sensitive, why this is such a nerve uh, for Texas players and coaches, the reason I bring all of this up, TC could do something really funny here. TC could do something really funny here. They're both three and three in conference play. Texas, of course, lost uh, to UCF, who's three and three as well in conference. The men's side of the things, the men's side of the conference, is just absolutely a murderer's row. You count the amount of top 25 teams. There's five of them. Then you think about Kansas State, who probably should be ranked at 4-1 in conference. You think about TCU. You think about Texas. All teams who probably should be in the top 25. There are 12 teams with double-digit wins already. 12 teams with double-digit wins. This is what I mean by when I say there is not an easy game in the Big 12 this season. And when you go through and you look at the month of February, I was talking to some college basketball coaches this past weekend, and they said the hardest month to win games in isn't March. March Madness, you pretty much have your rotation set. You've got your guys. you got your girls who have – who have they know how to win games at this point. They've played together for three months now. They, they know how to compete. They know how to play games and win and win games. March is not the hardest conference, hardest month to win games in. It's February because by February you have expectations in the women's side of things. Of course, you got the injury bug you got to worry about. You have rotations that you still are trying to maybe if you're some teams trying to figure out here, February is the hardest month to win basketball games in go through the TCU men's side of the bracket or the, the schedule, right? Go to our, or host Texas. That's going to not be a walk in the park game by any means, Go to Ames, Iowa. This season, uh, Iowa State top twenty-five in the country. You go uh, host West Virginia. West Virginia, uh, bottom-dwelling team. Okay, that's that's an easy or should be an easier win. Go to Kansas State. Well, we said that's not only a rivalry game, but that's a team that should be top twenty-five in the country at fourteen and four. You go to Lubbock. Okay, maybe the best team in the conference. They are 4-1 this season, 15-3 overall. They're top 25 team in the country as well. Host Cincinnati, another team that... 2-4, and four, but they have double-digit wins at 13-6. So again, not exactly the easiest team to beat. And then, of course, you end the month of February hosting rival Baylor. Oh, by the way, top 25 team in the country. So, it is... A murderer's row of teams that TCU will be playing in the month of February. The month of February will decide if this team is a contender when it comes to Elite Eight potential, Final Four potential, Conference Championship potential, or if this is going to be another season where you have high expectations and you just don't match those expectations, which is not something that TCU has done a lot of recently, when we talk about high expectations and low results, is how I how I always phrase it, high expectations, low results, they haven't had that really in their DNA uh, over the past couple seasons. That being said, I think it's important that we set this bar at a realistic level. Realistically, from what I have seen, from the TCU men's side of things. To say that this is a team that can win the conference, I don't think is out of line. I think this is a 100% a team that if given the right matchups in the Big 12 conference tournament, if given the right uh, pairings in the conference tournament, this is a 100% a team that could win the, the Big 12 conference. Uh, and I say that and I mean it. Uh, You look at the type of players that they have had this season. Emmanuel Miller, of course, leading the way. We had an idea that he was going to be the leader in the clubhouse this season. He's averaging just around 16.5 points per game and about six rebounds per game. You like to see those rebound numbers get a little bit higher. Michael Peavy and Jameer Nelson. Uh, Jameer Nelson, a highly touted recruit, highly touted transfer. We were excited to see him come in. Uh, he's done a good job this season as well. He leads the team in assists. Is that correct? Uh, no, it is not. He's the second on the team in assists behind Avery Anderson the third who leads the team with 70 assists. Okay, so close. Uh, Jameer Nelson, of course, though, so starting, Anderson coming off the bench. So anyway, point is, whole point of this conversation, I told you before the season, when we said, what are the expectations, I said this team has to play uh, at least in the semifinals of the conference tournament, and I'm expecting a Sweet 16, or at least get to the round of 32. Now, the bar needs to be set. Play in the conference championship game. I don't think that that's out of the question here, and compete in the NCAA tournament. I'm not asking you to win the conf- or the, the whole national champ. I'm not asking you to win the national championship here. It's a doable thing. It's possible. Get in the that getting the uh, the tournament and anything can happen here I'm not asking you to win the entire thing but I'm asking you to make an effort and uh, and, and show out and I think that this team uh, the way that players have been shooting uh, trivian uh, uh, Tennyson has done lights out and a lights out shooter I like this team Uh I like them a lot more than the women's side of things. If they can stay healthy, then the sky's the limit. That is going to do it for the podcast next week. We will be highlighting uh, baseball, so make sure you stick around for that. That is going to be fun. Uh, Lastly, I do want to mention that seven TCU Horned Frog players are going to play in the college football all-star game, highlighted, of course, by Josh Newton and Andrew Coker. They headline the Senior Bowl and the East-West Shrine Bowl. NFL scouts will get a close look at six Horn frog players, It's going to be guard Brandon Coleman, quarterback Josh Newton, tight end Jared Wiley, and running back Emmanuel Bailey. Uh, all those players, uh, let's, let's say this, Wiley and Bailey for sure I would consider f- top four-round picks, three-round picks. Josh Newton, his draft stock got hurt this year because of how the team finished. I still think that he's probably a top four-round pick. Brandon Coleman could be... A day two pick, we'll see how uh, how his senior day and uh, how his uh, um, draft stock might climb as we get closer to uh, March and we get the NFL combine going. That's going to do it for us on the Hypnotoad podcast. Reminder, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get the Hypnotoad, whether that be on... Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your audio content, we are there for you. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again with more of your favorite TCU stories and sports next week. And uh, if you're a women's basketball player, get healthy.